nostalgic baby sisters. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of Beverly Hills 90210 from Fox to the CW. I'm Kendra Mickles, and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. I'm Nick Gunning, and I've seen them all. You can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, RadioMeanwhile.com. Other shows on the network include Previously on X-Men, where we look back at X-Men comics, movies, shows, characters, and more. Three Nice Things, where we force ourselves to say three nice things about a movie with a bad and often earned, almost always earned, <laughs> sometimes deeply earned, Kendra. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Island of Dr. Moreau, uh, with, with a bad and often earned reputation, and Radio 64, featuring video game music remix radio. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Twitter at Here We Go Pod, and please rate, subscribe, share the show wherever you get your podcasts. This week we're discussing the Jake and Kelly plot lines from Melrose Place episode 1.2, Friends and Lovers, and episode 3.2 of Beverly Hills 90210, The Twins, The Trustee, and The Very Big Trip. Yes, that one of those all-encompassing... Uh, yeah. titles there. <laughs> yep, yep. All right, let's 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 get right into it. Let's crack open the West Beverly Blaze. I'm an investigative reporter for the West Beverly newspaper. These episodes originally aired on July 15th and July 22nd of 1992. In July, we have Brian Austin Green turn 19 on July 16th. Also on July 16th, Annalyn McCord, who plays Naomi in the CW years, turned five. Oh, wow. that's cute. Kindergarten. <laughs> five, little five-year-old. That on... puts her a lot younger than the rest of that cast, because we've been talking about the rest of that cast, and they've been more like in the teens, so yes. I guess she's particularly yeah. young. All right. On July 22nd, Rob Estes, who plays Kyle McBride on Classic Melrose Place, as well as Harry Wilson on the 90210 CW years, turns 29. So he's on both shows. He is. And, you know, he's he's he does an arc in the early season in the early seasons of Melrose Place playing one of Michael Mancini's old friends. And that's like three episodes or something like that. And then in, in I don't even know, maybe season five or something like that, he becomes a regular but as a different character. Crazy. Uh, Kyle McBride, and then a few years later, he's Harry Wilson on 90210. So he's one of the few with three different roles in the 90210 franchise. Huh? Weird. Yeah. I always, I'm always so impressed with him in Gilmore Girls. He plays Jess's dad. Do you remember this? Jess's dad. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And he's, you know, they they were doing like a Jess spinoff. So there's a whole episode that focuses on him. And I thought Rob Estes, like impression of of that actor as Jess was just so impressive. I, that always stands out to me. But yeah, I, I like him on both shows. That's a good episode. I wish that show had happened. I know. I would have watched it. <laughs> I wish it had. Yeah. The top song of the summer. Are you looking at the thing right now or can you guess? What do you think? Uh, the, the, no. What do you think the top song on the Listen, Billboard Top 100 was? If, if it was 1962, I could probably do it. But 92, <laughs> I, I can't help you. It was Baby Got Back by oh, Sir mix a lot Oh, yeah. Pretty okay. much all of July and into August, it was the top song on the Billboard uh, Top 100. Okay. Uh, lastly, Luke Perry was featured on the cover of Vanity Fair in July 1992. Oh. And it is a very steamy picture where he's really? like yes he's got on jeans and no shirt and he's holding a gun oh. and he's like you know sitting yeah. uh seductively and then sure. the title is is luke a fluke and it says something about the, the luke perry effect talking about 90210 and the luke perry effect interesting so, yeah okay. interesting title interesting picture uh, but yeah, he was featured on the cover, so everyone had Luke Perry fever in the summer so. of 1992. I guess so. Except Jim, yeah, as we he know. Did not, he did not have it. <laughs> he, he acts like he has a fever, but definitely not a Luke Perry fever. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. Nick, take us beyond the zip code. All right. Well, in 2019, Jenny Garth starred as, well, herself starred as Jenny Garth in BH90210, but she also starred as Dr. Kathy Meyer in the Lifetime thriller, Your Family or Your Life. Ooh. <laughs> Dr. Kathy Meyer's perfect world is turned upside down after her husband, David, a successful civil attorney, is found dead in their home of an apparent suicide. But, this may surprise you, Kendra, things aren't always what they seem. Wow. Her husband, David Silver? That's confusing. Oh, that is confusing. It doesn't. <laughs> I think it's David Meyer. I think it's David Meyer. <laughs> that makes so we're, sense. We're okay. We that makes sense. Yep. Uh, Nick, I would watch that movie. 
Should we add Let's that to it. our list? Yes, absolutely. Okay. We could, it could be a Halloween movie. Why not? Yes. Okay. So thriller, mystery. All right. We're doing it. Okay. All right. What's next? Living in Beverly Hills. Only let's uh, let's see who's living in a little place. Oh, off just kidding. We're going to Melrose Place first. So where are you living these days, man? A little place off Melrose. So the plot of the second episode is Jake finds himself in hot water when he defends the honor of a woman he meets at the unemployment office. Punches are thrown and Jake is behind bars. He is less than thrilled to find that Kelly has bailed him out, which puts a strain on their already tenuous relationship. Okay, well, this episode, Friends and Lovers, was directed by David Attias and written by Charles Pratt Jr. The episode is included in Dean James' novelization, Tough Love. Uh, just as last week, 90210 regulars Jenny Garth, Tori Spelling, Ian Ziering, and Brian Austin Green reprised their roles as Kelly, Donna, Steve, and David. Uh, looking at some of the other Melrose Place characters that we're going to interact with in this episode, we have Andrew Shu as Billy Campbell. And I can tell you, Kendra, my wife Hillary hates this character <laughs> start to finish as soon as she shows up she's like i hate billy and revisiting these pilot episodes here i understand I which understand. one was uh, which one is billy <laughs> billy is allison's roommate oh he's the like, roommate okay yeah he's like driving a cab and this one is a whole thing but i don't anyway. mind him i okay, mean so well, far i've only seen two episodes well talk to me in like 250 episodes. All right. what you think. I'll get back to but you. But he is one of the longest tenured Melrose Place cast members uh, of the lot. And after, after Melrose Place, he pretty much stepped away from acting. His most prominent post-Melrose role is that of Coach Clark in the film Gracie. Huh. We also uh, are going to talk with Doug Savant as Matt Fielding. We talked a little bit about him last week. Of course, he played Tom Scavo on De Desperate Housewives. Uh, but he also appeared regularly in shows like Knott's Landing, 24, and NCIS New Orleans. Finally, uh, Thomas Calabro is Michael Mancini, who we mentioned last week, holds the record for appearing in all seasons, including the CW year. Other roles include uh, recurring things on Castle, The Last Ship, and The Bay. All right. All right, Kendra, would you like to go scene by scene for the Jake and Kelly romance and Friends yes, and Lovers? Yes, there was, there was less Jake and Kelly stuff in this there was, episode. There was. So this is going to be a quick little thing here. But basically, we start, and uh, Jake is in the shower, and he's angry. He just starts angry he's in so this mad. episode. Uh, so he's mad. You get the impression that we've had a, a, either a water pressure or a water temperature change. Uh, Jake runs out of the shower in towel to the Mancini's door, banging on there, yelling at Michael, being like, you got to fix this. I'm sick of this place. Blah! You know, and it kind of looks like Jake and Michael are going to like get into it when uh, Jane Mancini and Matt Fielding step in and sort of like, OK, everybody just uh, everybody just cool it. So we kind of left Jake in the previous episode, seeming like he was in a better place. But we start here and uh, he's just angry. Yeah. Yes. Um, so Jake and Sandy have a little like melodramatic Tennessee Williams scene together where she's like, oh, Jake, we'll, Jake. Land, on our, Jake, we'll land on our fate, you and me. We're loners. We're drifters, Jake. Anyway. <laughs> yep. Uh, as <laughs> I actually think that my acting was more subtle than hers, but... <laughs> Jake, as we heard last week, was in a tough spot because he's paycheck to paycheck, and now he doesn't have a paycheck since he built the uh, the hoopa or whatever at Jackie's yeah. house. So uh, Jake's heading down to the unemployment office, and Sandy invites him to meet her at Shooters, and she's going to buy him a drink. At Shooters, we have Sandy picking out a new headshot, showing them to her boss at Shooters, looking through the... What did you think of these headshots, by the way, Kedra? I didn't even... I must have missed them because okay. i didn't really even see them did they show the actual headshots yeah you see oh. them kind of right out. i it looked away like... for a second and i missed yeah. them yep uh and who should stroll into shooters but a young kelly taylor it's kelly. looking for jake which again not a good look kel you know <laughs> yeah not a good look so she and sandy talk a little bit and they're a little bit more friendly this time uh sandy's still sort of like clearly wants her to go away and wants her to go away for her own good. But she tells Kelly that Jake is down at the unemployment office. And what does Kelly do but go to the unemployment office, which seems like about the dumbest thing that she could do. Don't you, you think? Gotta, you gotta leave them wanting more. You can't be, you can't be clingy. Kelly, I feel well, like yes. she knows these things. I think she knows them too, but also it's a whole like, we're from two different worlds. It's like their whole shtick. So like, the last place Kelly's gonna, or Jake's going to want to see Kelly is that while he's in line at the unemployment office. Right, yeah. It's She's just, not thinking clearly. It is very tone deaf. 
So anyway, Kelly says she wants to tell Jake that the baby, little little baby Silver, has been born, uh, and she wants to tell Jake about this. So uh, she heads down to the unemployment office. So we find Jake at the unemployment office. He's waiting in line, and he's done something where he's in the wrong line, and he has to go back and wait in line again. And it's a whole rigmarole uh, that Jake is going through. So he's not not in a good place. He's angry about this. Um, he's behind a young mother who has just moved. And while they have her check right there, their policy is that if she moves, they have to like mail it to the new address. So she can't take the check and she needs it, you know? And so this whole thing, Jake's already like been in, been in a tussle with this clerk at the, at the unemployment office and, uh, things get physical. Jake grabs the check and gives it to the lady and it gets, uh, fisticuffs. Yes. Had, which, <laughs> he does a little um, punching. So Kelly, meanwhile, is watching this, and I felt like she was not thrilled with what she was seeing. No. Did you get she, that vibe? Yeah, I mean, she, you know, it, I don't think that's what she expected to see when she walked in there. No, no. And I think it's sort of the first where she's kind of like, maybe this is not so great. But anyway, at the jail, Kelly tries to bail Jake out. She doesn't have enough money. And she's saying, well, this, the bail seems pretty unfair. And the, and the uh, whoever, the bailiff or the clerk, I don't know, is saying, well, considering all of his priors, it's a pretty fair bail. And she's like, priors? What? Uh, so we learn that Jake has a past, which should be no shock. Uh, later, Jake gets out and is very, very angry to learn that Kelly bailed him out and he will pay her back. And then he just leaves her alone there in the, the jail. Yeah, he, I don't know. I mean, he could at least say thank you. Yeah. Well, clearly she meant well. She's not trying to humiliate him or no. whatever. Like, I understand that he's embarrassed, but he does he does act out. He does act out there. So, anyway, back at Melrose Place. Is this, wait, is that where she said, oh, no, sorry, it's later. Okay. Keep going. Back at Melrose Place, there's a pool party going on. Yes. Good times. It looks like a fun place, right? Yeah, it does. Okay. And who's there but our old friend Steve Sanders? He's there with, with Sandy. Yeah, he's hanging with Sandy now. Hanging with Sandy. She's showing him around. She's showing Steve the new headshots. Um, they're they're clicking, or so thinks Steve. He invites Sandy to come to the beach club, and she's like, a high school party. You know? <laughs> she's uh, she not, she not feeling it. She's not feeling it. Jake shows up looking scruffy and angry uh, and just stomps away into his apartment, leaving Steve to just sort of mingle with the crew at Melrose Place, which, again was a weird thing to see, you know? It was like weird the... for me, and I haven't even seen most of Melrose Place. Yeah. So. Yeah, I just thought it was bizarre uh, to see Steve, like, just hanging out in the courtyard. But there he was. There he was. Um, I also want to mention, this is not relevant to the plot, but Billy, who is a, he's, Billy's Allison's roommate. He's a struggling screenwriter. He's doing all these things to make ends meet. He's in a crazy, uh, clingy relationship with somebody he just had a one-night stand with. That's sort of his plot line here. But... He has multiple dream sequences, which I thought were very true. Oh to yeah, like the <laughs> vibe of early nine hundred two one zero. So he I kind of like that That's they right. were, were porting that dream thing over. But <laughs> anyway, later Michael Mancini, who is the building manager, as you'll recall, yes, is fixing fixing the pipe, and Jake shows up and is kind of like, ah, I was a jerk earlier. So he goes over and talks to Michael and tries to help him, tries to get tools and stuff, and he's he they're. They're making up. They're making up. Jake's trying All to, All is like, forgiven. Yes. Jake is trying to, you know, settle into this place. It's something he's not been able to do ever. So anyway. Uh, and Michael, Michael, for his part, because we're still with nice Michael now. If you're a Melrose Place fan, this is not the Michael that you likely remember. But we're with nice Michael. And he's <laughs> saying, like, Jake, listen, bruh, you got friends. We care about you. You know, you're part of a, you're part of a community. We're living in a society, Jake. Uh, so Jake, I think, feels a little bit better. Jake. Uh, over at, uh, well, the Silver's house now, I guess, uh, uh, Jackie and Mel's house, we have Kelly and David and Donna hanging out, um, just talking about the baby and uh, just, you know, having a good time. Is this where they're when, heading somewhere? Uh, well, Jake shows up. Jake shows up at the house at this point. Yeah, but the three of them are heading out. They're, like, they're going. So, are they going to the hospital, maybe, to see the baby or something? Yes, I think I don't maybe know. they're going to see baby. They have flowers with them, so I yes, assume I right. that's where they were going. Anyway, he brings cash to repay Kelly for the bail. And, I mean, he, he resents that she did that at all. 
Uh, he's pretty patronizing to her, which Kelly in turn resents. Mm-hmm. And I think he just kind of throws the money down and like drives away, right? She throws the money back at him. Yes. And yeah. Uh, and yeah, she she well she tells him, "You tell me that I keep acting like a child, but now you're acting like a child. Like this yeah. is dumb." So yeah. and then you know he he just leaves. So I would say point Kelly at this point. Yes, don't you think? I think so. Like that's one for her. Yeah, okay. the ball's in her in uh well. She has the ball? I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I don't know. I wasn't sure. All right. (laughs) Because if the ball's in his court, he needs to. (laughs) I appreciate that you went for a sports metaphor (laughs) without a clear sport in mind or how that sport would be. No, I was was thinking basketball. I just didn't know which, which, who had the ball and what court it was in. At Shooters, Billy has been trying to deal with this clingy lady that he picked up in his cab. And so he sees Jake and he sits down and is basically asking for advice and really just sort of commiserating. Jake is giving him all this advice. that's sort of like, it's not working for you. You guys aren't fitting together. It's cramping your style. You need to just be honest and you need to just like send her on her way. And Jake sort of has an epiphany that he's kind of doing the same thing. So right, yeah. he's really given himself some advice. So <laughs> interesting uh, how that yes. happens. Uh, Sandy brings Jake a refill, and Jake asks her out. Mm. 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 Um, She's not about it, though. He's still entangled with the teenager, and she's just like, I don't think so, Jake. (laughs) Jake. (laughs) Anyway, back at Jackie's, Jake shows up again to talk to Kelly. And (sighs) this... Jake just says, like, basically, look, I had to come. Kelly thinks it's just more about the money. And he's like, no, 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 it's not that... He apologizes, and I really thought that this was he was going to be like, you know, we just we just it's too we need to go our separate ways. This is just it. But instead, he kind of doubles down and is like, I don't want to lose you. I don't want to lose our friendship. Yeah, which I think is lame. Yeah. I think it's so lame. Yeah. And she's like, Yeah, totally, I agree. And he's like, Why don't we get out of here? So they like they go for a ride to look at the moon, and it is still not resolved. Yeah. The end. The end. Yeah, the end. <laughs> I okay. This I mentioned last week that I was a little like impatient with this storyline uh, by the end of the episode, and I remain a little impatient with this because I just think there's nothing more to say. Yeah, you I know? agree. I'm kind of surprised that they went. I mean, this is at this point, this is a, this is going to be a five episode story. We had two on nine hundred two and no, we got three on Melrose Place, and the pilot is double long, so that's really like six episodes where we're dealing with this thing and the party line has not changed since the beginning like Mm -mm. this is not going to work we have no future here so i'm kind of surprised like just from a writing standpoint why they felt like they. maybe they're just um, trying to to pull the 90210 fans into this new show and get more yeah get more views on the show i guess i guess i would think that if that's really what you're trying to do then make these a little bit more relevant to what's going on on 90210 yeah you know like has does kelly mention at all that she's like getting ready to go to paris and you know i don't really think no i don't don't think she does mention paris yeah and so like you know jake's not on those 90210 episodes like dylan is not really involved anymore with what's going on even though he was the connection it's just kind of weird you know it's like it's weird it's like they didn't want to bog down the 90210 story with it but needed Kelly to sort of anchor the new show. But I don't think that it's super effective. Yeah, I because agree. I don't think that it's, I don't think that it's particularly compelling with Jake either. You know? Yeah. I mean, if you're a Kelly fan and you're watching these episodes, I think you're going to be like, Oh, this is Kelly at her worst. Yeah, but definitely. I don't think it makes Jake compelling either. So no, well, you're tying him down with this high school relationship. That's like not going to last. So he can't right. like do anything else character wise i know and when we were preparing to like do these episodes to try to think about the best format i wasn't sure how easy it was going to be to just excise the jake and kelly plot but it is just so wholly separate yeah, from everything just, else that goes yeah on the completely its episodes. own thing yeah yeah that it's kind of it's holding that story back as well because jake is not really other than sandy jake's not really doing much with the other cast he's feels very much trapped in his own own little storyline that is not going anywhere so I don't yeah. know. We got one more. We got one more Melrose Place episode, and who knows? Maybe they get married in that episode. <laughs> maybe they live. <laughs> maybe they live happily ever after. Maybe. 
I don't know. Well, overall, I'm I'm not hating Melrose Place. I mean, I enjoyed watching the episode, and yeah. um, I I don't know. I enjoyed the Allison Billy dynamic. I guess I don't like Allison more than I don't like Billy. But uh, yeah, she's not particularly sympathetic. I don't think at this point. Those listen, those two characters, both of them, I could take or leave. <laughs> I, I think it's really like characters we haven't met yet, like Jake and Joe and Michael and Peter, who's way down the road. Those are the ones that I'm always like, let's see what they're doing. Okay. But Billy and Allison, I'm kind of like, whatever. But well, I'll get into it one day. All right. But you could see yourself like it wouldn't be a total chore to keep watching Melrose Place is what no. you're saying. You're, you're intrigued enough to watch episode four someday. Yes. yes. Okay. Well, shall we move on to Beverly Hills? Let's do it. Living in Beverly Hills. Our synopsis for Misery Loves Company. No, I, that's wrong. I Just kidding. Right. Our synopsis for, what is it? The, the, the twins, the, the trustee, and the very big trip. Yes. You've got to change everything in I the know, Google I Doc, thought, Nick. I thought that I did. Our synopsis is Brenda and Dylan quickly learn that living together isn't all that it's cracked up to be. Meanwhile, Jim decides to play hardball, threatening to freeze Dylan's accounts for cohabitating with a minor. Cindy takes a more tactful approach and suggests Brenda accompany Donna to Paris when Kelly decides to stay home and bond with her new baby sister, Eric Silver? No, it's Aaron Silver. I was going to say, it's a girl. (laughs) Aaron Silver. We're both changing it at the same time. We both we both put an N in at the same time. That was funny. Uh, elsewhere, Steve and Brandon have shenanigans with twin sisters. Yes, they do. Yep. There's a lot oh, going on in this episode. There, Yes, there is. You're right. A lot going uh, on. Let's see. This episode was directed by David Carson and written by Charles Rosen. The episode is included in Mel Gildan's novelization, More Than Words. We had some returning cast members, including James Pickens Jr. as Henry, Peter Carraza as Jay, and Gillespie as Jackie Taylor. And we have real-life sisters, Lena Creel and Monica Creel Lacey, who play Rory and Claire, uh, a couple of twins that Steve and Brandon date. Um, they're actually triplets. Their sister, Joy, uh. is an actress as well. Identical triplets, which I think is a little unusual. But yeah, they, they appeared together in the sequels to the Haley Mills classic, The Parent Trap, as that character's uh, children. Lena Creel is best known for playing Tori Scott on Saved by the Bell, which was happening almost concurrently with these episodes of 90210. So it's just another little place where Saved by the Bell and 90210 sort of intersect because there's a lot of there's a lot of little crossover things like um, Brian Austin Green was originally cast as the Zach Morris role in Saved by the Bell. But then oh, when they like reshot the pilots and stuff, he was replaced by Mark Paul Gossler as Zach. Yeah. Uh, of course, Tiffany Thiessen is going to join the show down the road. Um, and Brian Austin Green would also uh, guest star as himself on Say by the Bell, uh, the college year. So a lot of little 90210 Say by the Bell connections here. But as soon as she shows up, I'm like, it's Tori from Say by the Bell. <laughs> you love Say by the Bell. Uh, anyways, I do love Say by the Bell. So that's what she's best known for. Monica Creel Lacey uh, was in shows like Anything But Love, Seinfeld, Hawaii Five-0, and The Kicks. Nice. Finally, we have the introduction of Baby Silver, Little Aaron Silver. Little baby. Uh, over the years, she's played by April and Ariel Peterson, Paige and Rayanne Kettner, Megan Lee Braley, Mercedes Kastner, and ultimately Jessica Stroop. Wow. But right now, she's just a baby. She's just a baby. A right. very adorable baby. Cute little baby. Very adorable. All Kelly's right. Like, she's so alert, and she is kind of a, <laughs> an alert, bright-eyed baby. Yeah, she is. All right. Should we get into it? I would love to, yes. We start at the hospital, and David is filming all the babies in the nursery. and Which is uh, a nice throwback, because we haven't really had, like, David filming. Yeah, yeah, no. he is filming. And uh, and then he and Kelly are talking about the baby, and Kelly's kind of, she's not super over the moon about the baby at this point. She's kind of just like, yeah, it's a baby. I would but, say she's cold. I would say yeah. she's downright cold. <laughs> she's, uh, she's, you know. Not as excited as everyone else is yes. about the baby. Um, Nick, I'm going to say something here, but I don't want okay. you to freak out when I okay. say it. Yes. David is growing into his face. Huh. Like he's looking more attractive. 
Like I've never been att- attracted to Brian Austin Green. Yeah. But I don't know. In this episode, he's like very tan. His hair looks nice. He's got a sick fade in the hair. Those yeah. Really good. He's got his, his studs. I don't know. Like his face just looks better. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it. I'm right. noticing it. Yeah. Noticing it in this episode, especially. All right. Our next scene is at the Walsh home. Jim is complaining about Brenda, of course, saying she's out of control. And she's it was so funny because Eric walked by during this scene and Jim's like, she's manipulative and she's this and she's this and she's a brat. And Eric was like, yeah, we all know that, Jim. You're saying everything that we all know. (laughs) But Jim is just a maniac in this episode. He is. He's out of control. I just feel like for the last several episodes, he's just been like. Basically a villain. He's like a soap opera villain in these things right now. He's just not but, thinking with his brain at all. Yeah, he's not. No, he's not. He's so not he says he says that Brenda is out of control. And Cindy's right. like, no, she's in control. Like, right. we have no control right now. She has all the control. Yep. Um, and Cindy kind of calls out Jim for trying to go to war with Dylan and kind yeah. of, you know, says, like, this, this is your fault. I just don't understand. I don't understand. I I mean, Cindy's been a very like June Cleaver sort of 1950s throwback wife when it comes to like asserting herself into these situations. She's very content to just like let Jim take the lead, even when she very much disagrees. So I'm glad that she's kind of tossing that over and speaking her mind because Cindy is almost always right. Jim, yeah. basically never. Almost always. She has yep. made some some slip ups. With Dylan. I'm Uh, looking at you, Glenn. (laughs) But uh, yeah. So Cindy wants to hold out for a few more days and not call in the the police or whatever Jim wants to do at this point. Yeah. And he kind of convinces her. She kind of convinces him of that. The next scene is at Dylan's. Brenda is vacuuming the house. (laughs) (laughs) And they have quickly slipped into like a married, she's the housewife kind of situation. Like a long married. Like, Like a... Like an everybody loves Raymond kind of old school sitcom. Yeah, and it's very clear that Dylan is he's uh, he's a little over it. So he says yeah. he's going out, and she wants to know, like, well, when are you coming back? Well, I need to know what to make for dinner. And um, number one, I wondered why isn't she going with him? Why is he just going yeah. out without her, and she's staying home yeah. all day? I don't know. With just the one car between them, don't forget. So uh, yeah. he's basically marooning her. But. Yeah. And so, I don't know. So then she's like, oh, and can you pick up laundry detergent? And can you pick up dinner and get whatever you want? And um, so, yeah, it's this it's this uh, married relationship. And Dylan is mm-hmm. clearly not, yep. not loving it at all. He's over it. We go to the beach and Steve is on the prowl for, oh my for some babes. And he Steve's finds Rory. Hair. Oh, yeah. It's... It's big hair. I mean, it's always been like big, big and puffy and curly, but the back now, I mean, his head is now like a perfect rectangle. It is. And that like curly mullet. And look, look, uh, in 1992, yes, I had a sick curly mullet, but it looked way cooler than Steve's. Well, did it? It did, Kendra. I think we need to see a side by side picture to compare. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Post it and we will, we will, uh, okay. We will find a good mullet shot. Nice. Good <laughs> uh, so Steve sees Rory struggling with a chair and he comes over and helps her fix the chair and is like, hey, come sit with me and is all flirty, flirty with her and um, does a bit. He does ask her out, but I don't think we see him ask her out. No, I yeah, I don't think so either. Then we go to Donna, Kelly and David are uh, at the club. They're eating and Donna is still freaking out about Paris. She still she hasn't packed, and they're leaving in like three days. Um, so she she really needs to to pack and it's, and never, get... it's never clear to me why she's so like. I guess she's just nervous about it. For I think she's nervous, because. and I think she doesn't want to leave David. Um, oh yes. So yeah, I understand, but yeah, okay. she she's uh really freaking out about going. Cindy then walks up and is asking Kelly about the baby and how everything's going with that. And then, she, uh, oh, and then we go to Brandon, who is helping, who who we think is Rory, unlock her cabana. She got locked out. And right, yeah. 
Um, so he helps her with that, and they have a little flirty flirty. Then Brandon goes to find Steve and recites him a stupid poem that he wrote. I can't even remember what it was. It was yeah, like, that was stupid. I, it was dumb. I don't know what I didn't I write it down. About, but I was I was not for it. Um, but basically to tell him I found a girl and I asked her out, and Steve's like, oh, so did I. And then they figure out, oh man, they asked out the same girl. And I like I like the way this plays out because that is a very believable premise for it an is. It is. I didn't I totally forgot about the title of the episode. I when I heard twins, I was just thinking Brenda and Brandon. So I wasn't like anticipating a different set of twins. But right, yeah. but Rory walks by and is like, Steve, see ya in a couple hours for our date and then they look over and they see her twin also sitting there and they're like oh we asked out different girls but they're twins right away look the same he was was very excited about this the idea of twins is just really really clicking for him yes he's very excited later on at the beach andrea and brandon have a little conversation about andrea and the kids were making up nicknames for right, themselves. Yeah. What was Andrea's? Andrea Schmandria. Andrea Schmandria. <laughs> um, and that, that's the extent of that conversation. Then yeah. Cindy but finds Brandon. Do a funny little thing where she's like, I don't even remember what she says, but her exit from Brandon yeah. is very like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny. It seemed, it seemed improv-y. It was funny. It did. It felt like, oh, they went with that take. Okay. You know? but I, <laughs> I like thought it was funny. Part. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have any complaints. Then Cindy finds Brandon um, to talk about Brenda and suggests that he go over and see how she's doing. Brandon is trying not to get in the middle of it all, but Cindy and Jim are kind of trying to get him in the middle of it. I mean, I think he's trying to stay away. I don't I don't think he wants to be. We, we will dealing revisit with it. this when he reports back, all right? <laughs> yes, yes. Next scene is at Kelly's house. Kelly and Donna are on the phone, and Donna's going to borrow some luggage from Jackie for the trip. Um, I thought it was cute that when Kelly hung up the phone, she said, I love you to Donna. She was like, I love you too. That is nice. I thought it was cute. Did you do that with your friends when you were a kid? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think I had a friend that I said love you to. Okay. Though I did love them, I'm sure. Well, I think it's good to get that out there. <laughs> uh, Jackie is nursing the baby and then asks Kelly if she wants to hold the baby. And Kelly, once she holds this baby, she is team baby for the Which, rest of her life. As you'll recall, is what Jake said would happen. Yeah. Back in uh, Wedding Bell Blues. He was like, as soon as you see that baby and you hold that baby, you're going to love her like your little sister. And Kelly's like, as F. But yeah. here we go. Yeah, no, she says the baby smells like toast. <laughs> and she's all like talking goo goo gaga to the baby. And yep. uh, she she loves, loves the baby. Next scene is at Dylan's house. Brenda and Dylan are having a old married couple argument yes. about he brought home like frozen burritos for dinner. Yeah. And he didn't get laundry d- detergent. Right. Um, so they're having like a shouting match. Yeah. About everything and then the doorbell yeah, rings and it's brandon he's like well why didn't you just walk to the store and she's like because you said you were going to store and he's like and i did and she was like well you didn't get anything and then ding dong here we go yeah, ding dong it's brandon and dylan leaves to go get detergent, detergent yeah. leaving brenda and brandon to talk but we don't see their talk we go no. straight back to the walsh house where brandon is giving jim and cindy the dl on everything way he too much he is giving way too much information yeah all the he, information. The extent, I feel like the extent of what she he should say would be like, she's healthy, she's safe, good night. But he's like, <laughs> well, between you and me, like, Brandon, <laughs> are you trying to stay out of it or on your parents' side? Because well, you gotta you gotta pick a lane. Yeah. But he he suggests that he thinks if they extend an olive branch to her that she will come home. He doesn't yes. think it's going that well. No. Over there. No, which, again, I don't, I think he, that's too much. I do not think Brenda would be pleased to know that he gave no. them that much. No, definitely um, not. I'd like to point out Brandon's hair for a minute, too, because he has just this supreme blowout. You know he's in there with There's the, a lot with of the tall ha- hair in this it's episode. It's tall, and it is very, very sculpted. Dylan's you know he's hair later there. is very tall as well. Yes. It's yep. 1992, baby. Yep. What are you going to do? I don't even know. 
Next scene is at Kelly's. Jackie comes in to check on the baby, and it's not in the crib. And, yeah. the, <laughs> and then we see over in the corner, Kelly is holding the baby. It's like 4.30 oh. in the morning, and she's been holding the baby for hours. I was nervous for a minute there because it sounded like you were setting up a different Lifetime movie. No, but no. no. It's just Kelly has the baby. No, nope, so Kelly has the baby. Okay. Um, She had heard it crying and got up to change its diaper. And then she starts talking about she's just been having these like philosophical thoughts while she's sitting there at 430 in the morning holding the baby about the miracle of life and <laughs> how she's finally part of a real family. And all all these thoughts have led her to decide that she doesn't want to go to Paris anymore. She wants yeah. to stay home because, as she says, she's already been to Europe three times. Right. Um, she so she doesn't want to she... miss growing, uh, you know, the first couple months of the baby. Yeah. And that that reminded me of when I was a kid. My dad was uh, my dad's job transferred him to Colorado, so he and my stepmom, uh, my brother and sister, were out there for about a year. And I went out to visit them when my brother Steve was just like a, a month or two old. And I was out in Colorado for like a week, and I came back and I was just heartbroken because I felt like my baby brother Steve had like grown up and was just a toddler while I was gone. So. I could I could relate to Kelly's worrying about missing things. Yeah, well, it ha- they they grow up fast. I they, hear. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. Kendra, <laughs> stick that on a pillow. Uh, next scene is at Dylan's house. Donna and Kelly come over to see Brenda, and Donna is just crying and crying and crying because her mom is still making her go to Paris, even though Kelly is not going anymore. Yeah. So now she's going Kelly's by herself. Martin. Which they haven't explained. (laughs) They haven't explained what this trip is. So I'm just like, are they just putting Donna on a plane and she's just going to hang out by herself in Paris? But then they say it's an immersion program. So I guess she's going to be with a group, which makes more sense. But I was I thought it was just Kelly and Donna. were just going to go have fun in Paris. Yeah. In Crazy Felice Martin's defense. It does. They do say that they're not able to get any money. Like they can't refund it. They can't get their deposits back and stuff. So it's like they got to pay whether Donna goes or not. So, yeah, you know, Kelly here mentions that she's trying to put Jake out of her mind. Yeah. Um, and that's not why she's staying for yes. the summer. She's not staying for Jake. But it was good to acknowledge that. Yeah. I think, I think in these episodes, Jake is mentioned enough because he comes up several times. Yes, with what's he going does. A couple times. Nice. I like this scene because I feel like it has been a very long time since like these three characters have just like hung out together yeah you know mm-hmm. like it's either either just two of them or it's like kelly david donna it's just been a long time since we've had kelly and donna and brenda just like hanging out yeah we friends. had a brief like them driving in the car for like two seconds in the last episode yeah. um right. but yeah that's yeah. been it so. I just, it stood out to me because it has been a while donna suggests that brenda go to paris in uh, her stead and yes. Brenda says that um, she can't do that and yeah well she's basically she's not on, she's not on speaking terms with her parents so how is she going to ask them to like fork over the cash for her to go to Paris for six weeks so the next scene is Dylan uh, it's at the beach and Dylan tells Brandon that Brenda is driving him crazy well the previous scene ended with Kelly being like oh this is great Brenda you and Dylan are doing this wonderful thing and Brenda's like yeah it's amazing and then it cuts to Dylan yeah. being like She's such she a liar, is driving me crazy I know she really is yeah. Yeah. and it was funny because Brandon was like tell her to go home and yeah. he's like I can't do that and then Brandon says the title of the last episode which yeah, was Misery Loves Company Yeah, which I thought was funny Yeah. back at the Walsh home Brenda Comes to see Cindy at the Who's house. wearing a terrible outfit. I loved this, it. This like multicolored. Oh. I loved it, Nick. She looked like a tablecloth at a bad Mexican restaurant. I love, I've loved everything Cindy's worn so far in this season. Okay. I, right. I'm loving what Cindy's doing. So Fine. I'm usually but, with you. But, but you're I right. Cannot, it I does. I not abide by that shirt. <laughs> um, so she comes to see Cindy and be like, I'm happy. And this is the best decision I've ever made. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy. So take that. I'll tell you what, Cindy's real shrewd in this scene. Yeah, she is. She is. She doesn't really like take the bait, um, which then leads. No, Brent- but she 
but she gets it. She gets what's going down. Oh, I mean, yeah. She, just because she's not responding, like she gets it and she's instantly calculating, you know, yes. like she understands that Brenda's trying to put it out there, you know. Yep. But because then Brenda admits like, well, you know, it hasn't been all easy. Yep. Um, and Cindy's like, bye. Yep. And Cindy's like, well, you're home now. Like you could just be home. And she says she won't come yeah. home because Jim doesn't respect her. And then yeah, she mentions that um, Kelly isn't going to Paris anymore. And she says something about, like, if I had that opportunity, I would yep. definitely go to Paris. She puts it down. Yep. And then Cindy picks up on that uh, and is like, going to the beach. Bye. And just pieces out. Yep. She's like, lock her. the door on your way out. See yep. you. <laughs> just leaves her at the house. At the beach, Nick, I put a eye-rolling emoji for this next scene, like, in my okay. notes. Steve right. wants to switch twins. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. I <laughs> I was watching this with my wife, who is a twin, not identical, but she has a twin sister. As soon as this came up, she just shook her head the entire <laughs> time. The scene. I looked back over, and she was still shaking her head. She was just... <laughs> Thoroughly disgusted at Steve's suggestion here. Because, of course, Steve wants to switch twins. Yeah. Because they're yeah. twins. You can switch them around. Of course. They're like, they look the same. They're, they're the just same. objects. Yeah, just switch them. So then Steve, Brandon gets him to say, like, that he had gone on the date with Rory, but that she they were in the ER for most of the date because she thought she had yeah. uh, food poisoning or and something. They do kind of establish that Rory legit is a drag you know yeah <laughs> i mean it doesn't make it right that steve wants to just like swap them as if they were like shirts or something but uh it is kind of funny that she is legit like he got the he got the short end you know yeah it would it would have made more sense if she i don't know if they had given him more of a reason because yeah. being in the ER, like if she was really sick, I don't know. I think yeah. they could have come up with a better reason for him to want to switch. Yeah, I do too. But anyway, um, so then we have oh, Brandon does. He's not down for this no. switching no. thing, um, but they, they kind of leave it at that. Then Cindy, what did I write here? I don't know what this means. I didn't think I'm. Oh, is the is the the other twin's name is Cindy or is it Claire? Claire. Okay, I wrote Cindy. That's why I'm confused. Okay, so they it's it's a little bit later, and Steve and Brandon see Claire and ask about Rory, and she says like she's okay, she's feeling a little better, and Brandon and Claire are gonna go get food, and Steve is just you know moaning about you know. Why did well, because, I have to get the bad twin? Because today Claire has said she has like sunstroke or whatever. She's like she won't come out. Yeah, she's just like <laughs> in the in the cabana or whatever. And Steve's like, great. Yep. At the Walsh home, Jim is upset that Cindy didn't make Brenda stay in the house after she Jim came back to the house. Is dumb as a post. He really right is. now. Everything he, is. he does, I'm just like, you are so stupid. Like, have you not been watching the show? This is not going to work. You've overplayed your hand every step of the way. It's making me crazy. Yeah. And Cindy eventually is like, can you just like chill and listen yeah. to me and yeah. stop what you're doing? Finally, It's two not too working. Late, stepping in, you know. But then the next the next yes. scene makes it seem yeah. like he didn't listen to her at all. I know. Because I know. it seems like they're going to come up with a solution. But anyway, the next scene is Those, that. to me feel like they're like reversed yeah you know like they put because it just i don't know it's weird but yeah okay the next scene okay so the next scene is at dylan's house dylan walks in and brenda's sitting sadly on the couch and um they they have a little bit of a of a of a tiff but then he comes over and gives her hugs and says they need to stop pretending to be married or they're going to get divorced. <laughs> she was dressed terribly in this. Do you yeah. remember this? Do you remember uh -huh. this outfit? She looked like Shirley Temple's ghost. Like she, <laughs> it was an all white, little tiny like bob dress. It was awful. Yeah, it was weird. And she she tells Dylan that she went to her house that day to see Cindy. And after Cindy left, she went up to, she went upstairs and sat in her dad's chair and was thinking about maybe they would have been better off in Minnesota. But then she says she started thinking about Dylan. 
and then they start kissing. I don't know. I guess that was her, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then Dylan throws all the magazines um, because he's tired of the house being clean. Yes. And and was there ever a thing with Brenda being like meticulous about fanning out magazines? No. Okay. I guess that's it was just because she was cleaning. Okay. That's in the novelization. Oh, that's There's funny. a whole thing with Brenda keeps like, you know, putting the magazines out to display. And he's like, I don't like that. And she keeps doing it. And so then like when he throws it, it makes more sense. But I couldn't remember if like I was just inserting that from the book or not. But yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so it it's funny how he throws the magazines. It's not it like he's funny. angrily he's throwing like, woo, them. Woo, yeah. Woo. yeah, and then they have some kissing time. We take a quick uh, pan over to the date that Steve and Brandon and the twins are on, and we just see Steve and Rory, and she's still not feeling good. Like he's trying yeah. to kiss her, and she's like, "Oh, I have a sinus infection." She yep. she's not being much fun on this Steve date. Steve is wearing a thick thick wool sweater yeah i know i don't like understand the, the i don't, I don't I understand the weather in la like i'm sure I'm i was sure. i've been like, there you know, in the summer and it is you know, yeah it's hot that was clearly a sunny hot day so I, I don't know why he was dressed like that but he was i don't know then we cut back to dylan's house and dylan and brenda have ordered a pizza and they're just eating it out of the box on the couch man i wanted that pizza do you know who the comedian was they were watching on tv I wrote it down, like, oh. who is that? But I didn't know who it was. I, I didn't write it down, and I don't I didn't remember. know if it was a famous person. I can't remember. If anyone knows, let us know, because okay. I did not recognize the person. I didn't know who it was. But there's a knock at the door, and Dylan is receiving a summons to appear in Jim's office, because Jim is going to freeze his accounts. Which makes me think he didn't listen to Cindy at all when Cindy was like, no, chill no, out. No, he did No. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. doesn't make sense. Next scene. At the beach, Steve is wearing the shortest blue shorts he possibly can wear. Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> In this you see scene. everything. He's still going on about wanting to switch yeah. uh, because he did not have a good time on their date. Yeah. And Brandon's like, there's no way they will agree to that. Yeah. Like, they're never going to talk to you again if you ask them to do that. But Steve calls and asks Claire, are you sure her name is Claire? Because I wrote Cindy again. No, it's Claire. Okay. Well, they agree. They agree to this switch. Yes, uh, which, which Brandon is uncomfortable about. He's yeah. kind of like, uh, okay. Yeah, he doesn't feel very good about it. But No. Yeah. Uh, David and Donna are sitting there very sad because Donna's leaving in one and a half days. Uh, Steve comes over to, to talk to them. And here, David says he can't go to Paris because he has to go to summer school so he can graduate early. So mm. is this how, are they all going to graduate at the same time? I think that's what we're going for. Yeah. Trying to get David up on the same level as them. Well, that is, that's a smart way to do it. Yeah. I'm surprised they like it's made yeah, that it's, little connection there it's nice that they actually address it in yeah. in, a, in dialogue and not just like oh yeah i i can graduate <laughs> now too surprise arbuckle oh yeah that's my dog hi arbuckle he's making his debut he he also <laughs> thinks that it was great that they did that with david yes <laughs> uh back at dylan's house kelly and brenda are talking on the phone about the baby i think and brenda uh, they're talking about how kelly is regularly now getting up at 4 a.m. to Yeah, she's basically taking the 4 a.m. shift. Yeah, to help with the baby, uh, which Little I'm baby. sure Jackie is definitely appreciating. Yeah. Um, but she's she's really, really where's, happy. Where's Mel, BTW? Yeah, I know. Mel? All right, whatever. You don't she, – he's not working at you know, 4 in the morning. Yeah, he's, he put, he's doing orthodontia at 4 a.m. <laughs> no. No. Then we have Brenda. Uh, Dylan's getting ready to go to Jim's office, and Brenda says he's really proud of him and is happy that he is standing up for her. Yes. By going to see Jim, I don't right. know. Whatever. I, no, she shouldn't be matter. asking. She shouldn't be putting him in this situation. Mm-mm. In Jim's office, oh my goodness, Jim is like, "You're living with a minor, are you not?" Yeah. And I am in charge of the trustee. And then he yeah. says, 
that because he is living with a minor, he's committing statutory rape. Yes. I mean, that's true because Dylan Dylan is like legally an adult. Dylan's over 18 now. So. But but is that the definition of statutory rape? Yes, because legally he's an adult and she's a minor. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, when he said that, I was just like, whoa. Yeah, it is. It's still. That's I mean, a little dramatic. It is very dramatic. I mean, I just, I can't. I can't imagine like throwing out the word rape I in know. a situation well, like this. It just seems like that's that's what is sticking with me. Anyway, so Jim says, "You leave me no choice. I'm freezing your accounts until you're not living with a minor anymore." I think I think all of that is true. Like I I think that Jim actually could do all that. I don't. Oh, think he's I just... I definitely yeah. I definitely think he can. So it's real. Yeah. Um. Aren't Dylan and Brenda the same age, though? I think he's just old enough for it to happen. I mean, they're the same grade, but I think he's 18 and she's not. All right. Dylan is like, come on. Really? Yeah. Like, yeah. this is this is what we're doing? He says he didn't want her to move in. He knew that it wasn't yeah. going to be good. And he's not enjoying living with her. <laughs> he, I like, says really... that to Jim. <laughs> I don't like the way that like everybody is acting about Brenda in this because they're all just kind of like talking about her and like, I don't know, making decisions about what she's doing and what she should be doing. I just, I don't think it looks good on anyone. Yeah. So Jim comes up with a little parlay that yeah. if Dylan will help convince Brenda to go to Paris, um, then he he'll drop the whole thing. He won't. Uh, freeze his accounts. And this is madness to me. Like, I don't understand why Jim thinks he needs to go to this level. And if I were Dylan and this came up, you can bet the first thing I would do would be going, this is what your dad said. Isn't this crazy? You know, like, there's no way that I would go along with this plan. And I really, I'm surprised. I think Dylan is just ready for her not to be living there and for the whole thing to be over. Yes, but there's no reason, there's no reason to do this whole, like, three's company shenanigans about it. Like, like, he could just go and say, look, your parents are going to pay for you to go to Paris. I think it's a good idea, you know? And she'd probably be like, oh, wow, cool. It's yeah. what she wants anyway. So I just don't understand this whole charade about He could have just and asked. Just, he could have just asked could've. nicely. I think it's just, I think everybody is being unfair. And specifically, everybody's being unfair to Brenda. Yes. Agreed. At the beach, Brandon... S- Find Steve. He's not dressed for the date. He's still dressed in his work clothes. And he says, as a twin, he just doesn't feel good about yeah. doing this switch. <laughs> he can't right. do it. Um, And the, the twins show up and they're dressed alike, which I was like, why would they like, why would they dress alike? But yeah. but it makes sense later on. So yes. Steve goes off with Claire. Yes. And. With- Claire with Claire and Brandon says he's going to break it off with Rory. But then when he talks to Rory, he's like, wait a minute. You're not Rory. You're Claire. And he they can, did a reverse switcheroo he on can Steve. tell that uh, it's not Rory. And yeah. they're in. Wait, now, which one is he with? Yeah. He is with Claire. He's pretending with Claire. To be Rory. Pretending to be Rory. Yes. So but Claire is then like. Yeah, we're trying to teach Steve. Somebody's got to teach Steve a lesson because this is ridiculous, trying to switch us around. Yeah, but I mean, Rory, who is pretending to be Claire, also does some decent amount of making out with Steve. Yeah, also. she does. So, I mean, I don't she know does. if he's really going to learn the lesson. Um, and Steve, I think, goes for the complete wrong approach. You know, he's like, oh, your sister's so boring. Like, even if they really were switching, I don't think that, like, she'd be up for bashing her sister. Yeah. let's and stay. Then- let's stay with that. Uh, let's so they go to his is it his cabana or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, his mom's cabana. He makes margaritas and then he proceeds to just insult Rory, like says she's yeah. boring and says, I don't know that they they had she's no connection. Yeah, yeah, the whole I, thing. I don't and know. Then, if then someone like said that about to... my sibling, I would That's be like, uh, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And then his next response is to try to get her to have sex. Yes. He's like, let's do it. Come yes. on, let's just do it. It was very aggressive. He's like climbing on top of her. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And she finally is like, uh, I'm Rory, you idiot. <laughs> and leaves. And he's uh, 
left with his with his mouth with his jaw dropped mouth hanging yes. open yep uh back at dylan's house dylan uh, he he walks in and Brenda's like, where have you been? And he said he just went for a drive after the meeting and he wants her to get ready because they're going to dinner at her parents' house. He says, get your red dress. Get your red dress on. Um, they're going to, to dinner. And he takes some convincing, but he does get her to go. At the Walsh house, they, they open the door and Cindy's like, oh, this is great timing. I just took the food out of the oven. Yeah, and Brenda's like, on. I'm not hungry. <laughs> Like everything, everything they say, Brenda's like, well, you suck and I don't want to be here. (laughs) And and if I may, Dylan specifically requested the red dress for this dinner with her parents. It's a pretty sexy dress. It is. It's a vavoom. It's a vavoom dress. It is. Yeah, definitely. It's, It's low cut. It's very red. It's very short. Not what I would think, like, let's have dinner with mom and pop. No. You know? Definitely not. So we have a little bit of an awkward dinner. For some reason, Jim is on one side of the table and everyone else is crowded at the other yeah. side of the table. I yeah. don't know why they the, did the it Lord like that. The Lord of the Manor. Um, but they finally steer the conversation to Paris and they give Brenda the tickets and say, hey, you're going to Paris. And Which she instantly see through because yeah. doy. You yeah. Know? She And she oh, does not God. take it well. She's like, this is... The most Beverly Hills thing that you yeah. could do. And why am I even here? And she storms off up to her room. Yeah. And Jim is like any other suggestions to Cindy <laughs> as if it's not thoroughly his fault. Yeah. If they would have fault. presented her with the ticket in an honest way, I think she would have jumped at it. Jim has to do this whole like thinking that he can trick and control her. And it's just grow up, man. Yep. So Dylan follows Brenda upstairs and they have a conversation where he he's like, you should go like this is a great opportunity. You should go to Paris. Cindy comes up and says it was her idea for Brenda to go and tells this story about she was supposed to go to Paris when she was Brenda's age, but or in college. Um, But she yeah, but she gave up the trip because she met Jim and she didn't want to leave Jim. Um, and she thought she would have more time when she got older to travel, but obviously she did not. She never did. Yeah. So then Cindy leaves and Dylan says, you should go. Like, this is a good opportunity. And that if their relationship can't stand six weeks apart, then maybe they don't belong together. And Jim is yep. right. Yep. So the next scene is Jim and Dylan are talking as Dylan's on his way out. And Dylan says, you know, I didn't tell Brenda about our conversation because I think this trip is, you know, going to be good for her. And which, again, I think is I think that is disrespectful. I think this whole thing, them having this little like side chat about Brenda and what's right for her. I just it irritated me. Yeah. And he says, next time you want something, just ask. Don't yeah. uh, don't try and take all my stuff. And what's really frustrating is that it's like Jim leaves this scene feeling vindicated. Yeah, I think Jim feels like he won. Yeah, which makes me crazy. I don't he know doesn't... the whole thing. Like I don't. I guess it's gonna it's gonna give everyone space, but I don't feel like Brenda should be rewarded with a trip to Paris. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah, know that that's the best solution. It's true, but I'm I guess I'm more irritated with Jim because he's he's treated both Dylan and Brenda really bad, yeah. you know, and I think that his responsibility to Dylan because he sort of put himself in this paternal role, I think he really had a lot more responsibility than he did and he sort of ends this acting like he's Dylan he's like take care of yourself. Son. Yeah, they end on like a all is forgiven, but it I don't know, it didn't feel earned. No. This all is not forgiven. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. So, okay, so the my thoughts are echoed by Brandon in this next scene where he's like, she lied and she moved out and now they she gets to go to Paris. And yep. it, that's not fair at all. Steve is wearing like a comic book shirt. I know. I kept trying to figure out if I could name the comic book, but I can't figure it out. I liked I think it. I do too, but I think it's just like 1940s, like pulpy kind of characters. It's not like Superman or something. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it too. Um, Then... Steve says, or Brandon says to Steve, we're going to find you a woman this summer. And then the next person who walks by is Andrea. Yep. Is that, well, I you can't tell me. But it felt like a foreshadowing thing. It felt like, 
we need to find you a woman. It was so obvious her entering the scene. So I don't know. But she yeah, is kind of like, definitely... hi, bye, and goes to uh, uh, yeah, kiss and Jay because I mean... her and Jay are mm-hmm. like actually dating now. Yep. The earlier scene and this scene is all we get of Andrea Schmandrio in this episode. And it just <laughs> it feels like they just don't know what to do with that character. Yeah. They don't know what they want. Out they of don't want to pair her up with someone, but they don't. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. I don't I don't get it. And I think definitely they're I mean, whether or not it pays off or not, I think definitely they're playing with the idea that this is making Brandon jealous as Brandon is sort of reevaluating his feelings for her. But I don't know. So far, it's been a very unsatisfying road with Brandon and Andrea. Agreed. Remember that time they were just going to go have sex at the peach pit? Yeah. On the counter. On the counter. Yep. But then they didn't do that. <laughs> Next scene is Jim and Brenda are also having an, an all is forgiven scene. Yeah, all's forgiven. But uh, sure. I, I don't know. None, yeah. Neither of them say sorry. So no. Whatever. And it's six weeks. And when she comes back, Dylan's going to be there. I think they're just thinking, well, the problem will just work itself out. Yeah. And I think if they wouldn't have done this whole crazy thing, the problem probably would have worked itself out. But I just don't see how they can go back. Yes, I Agree. And I said it was the beginning of the end, and I, I stick with that. So okay. she says, thanks for giving me another chance. And they're they're heading towards uh, the va- this van that's going to take them to the airport to go to Paris. So Donna and David are then saying their goodbyes, and she says she's going to ride him every day. Brandon and Brenda have a goodbye, where Brandon says she leads a charmed life, which I would probably agree with. I think she yeah. has a charmed life. Cindy is wearing Although- like a pink miniskirt. Did I you know. see? Yeah, I, I did. It was very short. Very it short. It was very short. So maybe she just came from the tennis court. I don't know. But it was, yes. It was very short. Um, then Dylan and Brenda have their goodbye. And he says, don't fall in love over there. And she says, you don't fall in love either. And she gets in the van. And Donna is scared to fly. She's uh, very nervous about that. And as everyone is waving goodbye... We see Kelly and Dylan are walking together, and this mm-hmm. v- Brenda is visibly not happy seeing the two of them walk together. Yeah, in their dialogue, Kelly is like, um, "Yeah, well, Dylan says something about Jake," and she's like, "Yeah, maybe I'll get together with him." She's like, "And maybe I'll get together with you too." Yeah, and then they sort of walk away together in a very like, hmm, Nick, I said situation. beginning of the end. I said it. Could be. I said it. Could be. I don't know. Sticking with it. Six weeks. Six weeks. So are we going to see them in Paris? Or is it going to be like we never see them for the rest of the season? (laughs) Well, I can tell you that the next title is Too Little Too Late slash Paris 75001. Cool. Oh, that's fun. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. All right. That's the end of the episode. That is. What did you think? I liked it. I'm liking this season so okay. far. I don't know if it's the the beach times or what, but I I dig the summer summer vibe. I like I like the in the grand scheme of things, but I'm really irritated by the whole Jim, Dylan, Brenda. Yeah. I'm irritated by the way that's handled. Well, Nick, I, if I he handled like it well, then it wouldn't be good television. <laughs> well, yes, but I also don't think it's like the it's almost like the series is not aware that he's mishandling it. You know, like, I just, I can't tell. Like, are, are you supposed to be sympathetic to Jim at all? Or do you think No, I don't think so. To, you don't think so? No. Okay. Well, I guess that's one thing. Then. I don't think so. I think we're all supposed right. to see that he is not handling this correctly. Okay. That's what I think. All right. All right. Uh, what was your Dino 2 snap? <sighs> I need to start writing these down before. I think for me, it's the old switcheroo. Steve and, Steve and oh, Rory. Oh, interesting. Cabana. You know, and her being like, I'm a Rory. I thought that was true. <laughs> uh, it might be the scene in Jim's office. Oh, he... yes. Well, where he says statutory rape. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard to top. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was just yep. so dramatic. <laughs> yep. Look, I'm on board with where we're going. I'm, I'm looking forward to having Brenda and Donna in Paris. Uh, I, I like I like the setup for each individual character. Um, I have some issues with with uh, like I said the way that one triangle is being handled, but uh, overall I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for season three. Me too. Okay. Me too. Well, you can join us next week as we continue our nano to discussion with Melrose Place episode one point three, the final in our little uh, 
Melrose Place trilogy here. Uh, episode 1.3, Lost and Found, and 90210, 3.3, Too Little Too Late, slash Paris, 75001. Reminder, I changed my social media stuff to Miss Music Box 91 everywhere. So it is, that's where it is if you want to find me. And uh, I've also launched my website, MissMusicBox.com, for all your craft needs. Wow. Uh, You want me to make you a t-shirt? I can do it. I want some 902 and here we go swag that says all is forgiven. That's what I want. Ah, yes. Okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make some t-shirts that say all is forgiven. stuff. You can find me over at the All the Books Show, soundcloud.com slash all the books or uh, the All the Books Show. And anywhere you find uh, your podcast, the most recent thing we did was an interview with the actor John Davey, who played Shazam in the 1970s show. Also worked with Lucille Ball, lots of other cool uh, old old Hollywood, old TV stories. So, so you can cool. find that over at uh, 902. See, I don't even know what podcast I'm on. <laughs> over at the All the Books Show, Twitter <laughs> at All the Books Show. Yep. Good All right, stuff. Are you, you ready? Uh, you ready to to turn this one in and move on to the next episodes? I am nine zero two one. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go.